Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Between a full-time job in IT and a full-time job in podcasting, it gets harder and harder to sit down and read the books I'm interested in. This is where Audible comes in. I can listen on my daily commute, relaxing, or while out running errands and still get in the books I've been wanting to get into. You can download titles and listen offline anytime, anywhere. The app is free and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. Now you can try Audible risk-free with a special 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash nerdery and murdery. That's audibletrial.com forward slash nerdery and murdery. Don't let your busy life get in the way of that great book you've been wanting to read. Go get your free trial of Audible today. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is Jeffrey, and we've talked about many times before that I experience problems and struggles with my mental health. And really, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy does work. It's helped for me. But but what is is therapy exactly? It's it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships at work or you're not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's really time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles. And, and it's time to start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And there's a special offer to Nerdery and Murdery listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash nerderyandmurdery. That's betterhelp.com forward slash nerderyandmurdery. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Now it's time for the sweet sounds of nerdery and murdery. You're an idiot. Thank you. (laughs) Well, welcome to episode three of Nerdery and Murdery. Um, The Trois episode, as it were. We're still recording on day one, so we just finished with the the very dark, dark uh, discussion over Sylvia Likens. Um, Bit of a downer. It, it is a bit of a downer, and I mean, and I had a lot of notes on it, and and I, and I was reading from my bullet points, so I, I you know I apologize if it sounds like I'm reading. I've got a, a lot of stuff that I've uh, got down here. Well, a lot of names. Yeah, a lot of names. That one really really had a lot of names. I mean, the one I'm covering today too kind of goes back and forth with a lot of things, and there's a lot of different names in here. Um, so you know, as we as we kind of get better on this, I'll try to sound less like I'm reading. Right on. Um, but it is again a lot of information that we're that we're going through. So um, this has been great so yes. far. I've yes. I, I, I've enjoyed doing this. I've enjoyed uh, you know talking the stories. I mean, much as you know, I can enjoy my part, but I've enjoyed listening to yours. And, <laughs> uh, you know, especially talking about the board game that we talked about last oh. time. I, I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah, again, list, dear listeners, you should check that bad boy out. It's, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a it's a fun game. It's a fun game. Um, so so yeah. Um, I mean, since we've kind of been sitting here the the whole day so far, not a not a whole lot to sit here and recap and go over. No, um, no, no. So 
you know, if you want, I guess we can just uh, get right to it with uh, okay. with what our nerdery is for, for uh, this week. Uh, I'm so happy on this subject. Uh, my... Uh uh, my middle child, Chloe, and I uh, wax poetic about this particular subject quite a bit. Uh, we're, we're both really into it. Uh, it is the amazing and wonderful Twin Peaks by David Lynch. So, so when you're when you're talking about Twin Peaks, are we talking about Twin Peaks original? Or are you talking about Firewalk with Me? Or are we talking about the latest release? Yes. Okay. All right. Outstanding. Um, so I've never seen Firewalk with me. That's the only one I have not seen. It, it, it's a it's a prequel. Right. Uh, Colin McLaughlin is not in it that much. Uh, I love I love him. Uh, the, the the two FBI agents in the opening of that are um, uh, played by Keeper Sutherland and uh, Chris Isaac. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I think I knew that about Chris. I think I remember hearing that. Um, yeah, I you know I missed I missed Twin Peaks when it was first on. So did I. Um, the reason I went back was when they were doing the new episodes mm-hmm. that Showtime put out. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I'm going to go back and mm-hmm. watch it. Um, you know, and I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I will say, and maybe you'll get to this and whatnot. I may be jumping way ahead, but um, the only thing I there were two things I didn't like about the 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 new episodes is the Kyle McLaughlin thing with his memory loss, mm-hmm. I th- thought went way too long. Um, and I didn't like the end of every episode where mm-hmm. we were suddenly in the bar and these people who have nothing to do with nothing, they're yeah. just completely separate. Just showca- showcase the music. Right, and then the music. So those were the two things that mm-hmm. I didn't like about it. But uh, uh, th- I think that was the whole point. that he, David Lynch just wanted to showcase some of the music. And was the was the really freaky part, and you know what I'm talking about? Oh, was yeah. that during the re-release or the original? That was during. That the was re-release. the re-release. Yes. Okay. That, that, yeah, he went right off into the freaky or Lynchian deep end. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I am the water. I am the well. Yeah, I'll Drink agree deep. with that. So sorry. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. That's actually kind of what, what we're talking about. So Twin Peaks uh, for the uninitiated. Uninitiated is is a television series by Mark Frost and David Lynch. David Lynch, uh, famed indie director, uh, he gave us things like Eraserhead and Elephant Man and Dune and Blue Velvet. I didn't know he did Elephant Man. Yes, he did. I didn't know yes. that. Yes, wow. Okay. And, and with that knowledge, the next time you go back and watch it and... Oh, I don't know that I'll watch that ever. That was <laughs> traumatic enough the first time. David Lynch is really good about portraying trauma uh so he wanted to to make another movie with his friend and writing partner mark frost uh and they tried a couple of different films and they didn't get off the ground and they were talking to tony krantz and he wanted them to do a television show and lynch didn't didn't want to do a television show uh so he took (laughs) Tony Krantz took Lynch to Nibbler's Restaurant in Los Angeles. What a lovely, lovely name for a restaurant. Uh, and said, you should do a show about real life in America the same way you did Blue Velvet. So the idea behind Blue Velvet and essentially Twin Peaks is it's this little idyllic town in, in small town America that is not nearly as idyllic, idyllic as it looks. Um it's not very long that you notice that there's all kinds of crazy things happening in this town. Uh, and you, as the series progresses, you come to realize that, that, that the crazy things in the town happens because of its proximity to these horrible nexuses of right energy. Right. Yeah. A good nexus or the white lodge and a bad nexus or the black lodge. Um, but you don't know that at the onset, at the onset it is, a guy goes out fishing. He looks down, and there's this bundle wrapped in plastic. He opens the bundle, and it's the prom queen, Laura Palmer. And and that's right. what starts the series. It's 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 the it's the murder. Trying to find out the murder of Laura Palmer. Now, the original idea for the whole series was they were going to do a mystery every season, and they would they would solve the mystery like. 
part of the way into the next season, but they had been setting up the second mystery, which is what they did. The problem is the second mystery, the mystery of the of the the white and black lodges, just wasn't as good or as gripping as as the Laura Palmer mystery. Yeah, because I mean, I remember uh, when when Twin Peaks was was live on you know uh, broadcast TV. You know the the. We didn't have memes back then, yeah. but, you know, you had catchphrases that would just capture America. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back in the 70s. Who, yeah. Who killed JR? Yeah. Uh, where's the beef? Yeah. Who killed Laura Palmer? Who killed Laura Palmer was a big thing. Yeah. And you just, you would hear that or see it mm-hmm. all over the place because it, it was, it was, it was very popular for as weird as it was. Yeah. It, and it was, was Lynchian. It was very, very strange. Well, and it was very soap opery. Mm-hmm. Very soap opery. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. Okay, so I had a teacher who knew I loved David Lynch because I'd seen Dune and, and, and Eraserhead and, and Blue Velvet blew me away. I thought it was just a brilliant film, even though I was probably a little young to be watching it because it is a dark, dark film. Um, but what fascinated, what fascinated me about it was the same idea of the, you know, the small town America with, with this dark secret underneath, this dark underbelly. Um, even though Twin Peaks is a smaller town than the town that, that happened. Yeah. Right. The Blue Velvet happened. In. Um, and so I had this teacher who was like, you loved Blue Velvet. You should check this out. And I sat down and watched the third episode because that's what was on. Um, we weren't really recording anything right, in my house. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, back then where, you know, if yeah. you hadn't put it on a VCR, it was gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. You might get to see it in a couple of years when they hit a rerun. Right. Uh, so the scene I walked into was everybody sitting around eating these sandwiches around this table and they were talking, but their mouths were full of bread. So you couldn't understand it. And, and there was this one kid in an Indian headdress who was just moaning and it made no sense. Uh, so I turned it off. I'm like, okay, this is way too lynching for me. <laughs> so I went away from it and, and then I saw the movie fire walk with me. I thought, man, this is really good. I'm, I'm, it's a shame that the series wasn't any better. Uh, and it was my wife who was like, you really, I, I you enjoyed really, it really, really would get. And, and I did, I sat down and I watched it, uh, God, this about 15 years ago and was just enamored. Well, see, you know, and, and I watched the whole series within the last, oh, I don't know, five, six years, you know, cause mm-hmm. I watched it right before mm-hmm. the Showtime one came out. Um, so it's all pretty fresh to mm-hmm. me. 1990, um, and it was very good for 1990. There was a lot of cheese factor involved. Yes. A lot of cheese factor. I mean, there was the uh, David Lynch portraying the FBI boss. Yeah. You know, who the, can't hear. Right, who can't hear and has to shout everything. Yeah. Um, Kyle, Mc, Kyle McLaughlin's character, uh, the FBI agent, uh, he, he, he was so fascinated with good coffee. Yes. This is a great cup of coffee. Yes. Best damn cup of coffee in the Northwest. Yes. You know, and, and so there was a lot of cheese factor involved, but it was, but it was very, I just, I remember watching it and, and just like, okay, I want to know what's going on. I, I want to understand. Uh, uh, in the, uh, in the sheriff's department, they would have donuts on the table. Donuts the, and coffee. Yeah. At the very opening, it was a box of donuts. By the end of the, uh, uh, of the investigation of Laura Palmer's murder, the entire table was full yes. of donuts. Yes. Three and four high. And it was just, it, Little things like that. Um, you eventually find out who killed Laura Palmer. Um, but then again, you don't. Uh, I was going to say, because it was never really crystal cut clear. Yes, they had... Um, Leland. A, oh, I wasn't going to say that, but okay. It's Spoiler, 30 years spoilers. old. Oh, okay. There are no spoilers in okay. Twin Peaks if it's 30 years old. Okay. Yeah, so... so they they were saying it was the dad, mm-hmm. but I didn't think they ever definitively proved it. Oh no, it, 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 it was physically the dad, but he was essentially possessed by this otherworldly character called Bob. Right. And how Bob came into being was the actor who played Bob was a set dresser, right? And they were shooting a scene, just kind of a, an interesting side note, and he was kind of tucked behind the bed. And they shot through the room, and you kind of just barely half saw his face in a reflection. And David Lynch went, that's the guy. 
He knew in his mind that Leland was going to be killing her, but he wanted to incorporate this other guy. So the story about how Bob had basically inhabited Leland in childhood and had been with him his whole life uh, kind of became part of the story. And it it's captivating because again it starts out as this as this normal little town and it gets progressively stranger there's a woman the log lady who talks to her log right uh, because it is essentially a p- part of her husband's soul is trapped in the tree that right. he was cutting down when he was killed and she talks to this log uh, they brought her back for the uh, yes yes uh, yeah she, i mean they all they she uh, died they, very shortly after her scenes were filmed oh i didn't know that yeah as did uh, um uh, Ferrar, Miguel Ferrar. Miguel Fer- Did he die? Did he die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he did. That yeah, is yeah, George yeah. Looney's first cousin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The log lady, that, though. I thought it was. You know, that was one of the things yeah. I always thought was so funny when 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 the log lady wanted to see you. That was the most important thing. You went to go see the log lady. Yes. Yes. Because she had information from the nether regions. Right. And uh, uh, General Briggs or Colonel. Colonel Briggs, General Briggs. Uh, Colonel. Yeah, he was an Air Force Colonel who had also investigated Operation Blue Book back right. in the day. Project Blue Book. Yep. Yeah, and he was he was kind of part of the whole weird paranormal investigations the U.S. government did back in the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he lived in Twin Peaks essentially because he was investigating the paranormal things that were going on there. And he decided it was such an idyllic town that he would raise his family there. Um, and again, from the outside, it was totally idyllic until you really got in and, and investigating in Laura Palmer's murder and how she was, you know, she was perceived one way by a group of people and another way by another group of people. And it's a little about perception, I think, too. Um well, and you know, and and David Lynch, his stuff is so weird. Um, some people just can't take it. I mean, what was that? What was that movie he made? Um, Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Yeah. I I couldn't get all the way through that one because yeah. it was just so. Well, they're weird. bouncing around different different realities, which yeah. even happened in the the remake of Twin Peaks. At the very end, they go into a different right. reality, right? Where Laura Palmer didn't die, right? That's the that's the end where he goes to her house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. It, one, she's dead, wrapped in plastic. God. You know, one of the things that I do like about it, I love, I, I love very, and, and I think I'm using this word right, surreal things like mm-hmm. inside the Black Lodge, mm-hmm. um, things that are just so, so grossly vision, and, I, and I'm saying grossly, you know, not not as in bleh, gross, but so 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 hugely visual oh, and yeah. so out there. Mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. Oh yeah, like that's one of the reasons I absolutely love Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. Is the whole scene inside the the sex house? Yes, is just so surreal and out there, and and it's very cultish and it's very you know it's it's so I, I just. Oh, that stuff just fascinates me. And I love the stuff inside the Black Lodge. Yes. I absolutely love that when they were, you know, it was so weird. Yes. Um, and you just couldn't tell what was going on. But that yeah. was, I, I, you know, that was, that was cool. Yeah. I, I, it is these these odd characters like like the uh, Mike's arm, which there's a character named Mike uh, who cut his own arm off because it was evil. And it became a person in the Black Lodge uh, that spoke. Oddly. Right. Yeah. Um, it was the same actor that played Samson in Carnival. I can't remember the actor's name. I didn't watch Carnival. Uh, I, I still want to go back and watch that, but I, did, he, I didn't watch was, it. He was really, really great in, you know, in that role. Talking backwards, but it also is talking forwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the giant. The giant being a, a waiter, but also... This strange giant who is from another place, right? Um, yeah, arrived in the ball of light, if I remember right. Yes, yes. It's it's mental gymnastics. 
That's, that's the only way I can. Ex- I no, that way. That's that's yeah. I mean, that's a very good description uh, of Twin Peaks because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's going to bounce all around, mm-hmm. and and so many weird things are going to uh-huh. happen, but also within a story arc, right? Yeah, and, and a absolutely. lot of really good television is that way. I would say because of Twin Peaks. I mean, they got the they they saw this and went, you know what? They can tell that story. We can tell our story in a similar way. We can yeah. set it in this place and show show what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I I, I enjoyed uh, uh Twin Peaks a whole bunch. Um I thought they were gonna make yet another season. Season. Oh there there's still plans are to they? but the the problem is Mark Frost and uh David Lynch don't don't have it in them yet to, to do it. So it may be a couple more years, but yes, uh, Showtime has already greenlit it. They said, whatever you guys are going to do, the numbers were fine. Yeah. We loved it. So they're, they're perfectly willing to do another, another season. Interesting. Um, again, David Lynch is not past the idea, but he, he's got to get it, you know, worked out. And, and Mark Frost is kind of the same way. Um, but yeah, they convinced them to do this series back 1988, 1989, and so they they greenlit the series. Of course, you've got the the, the set dresser. And the, the series evolved as they were shooting it. So some ideas weren't there at the beginning. They just were like, hey, this is a great idea. Let's go ahead and use it. Um, and that's kind of what happened with the, the new series, the, 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 the third season, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, that they got some ideas as they were going along. Um, third season. Wasn't that, that that's four? The, the return? Wasn't that because there were two seasons of that? There were two seasons of the or original. Two, yeah, and there were two seasons of the Showtime one. No, just one season. Was it there? was just really long. Oh, it was okay. Because the first season was only I think 10, 10 or twelve episodes, mm-hmm. and the second season was a regular twenty. Right, right. Uh, back when the, yeah. back when back when shows had twenty four episodes yes, a season. Yes, which is a, a bad idea. I, I really do. I think twenty four episodes in a season is a bad idea. It, it, so it's it's you get very filler. You, you do get filler, and it's very long. Now that I'm used to a 10, 12 episode season, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I've gone back uh, multiple times and uh, watched past shows, mm-hmm. Friends, uh, Voyager. Voyager was one when I went back and watched it. You know, in twenty four episodes in a season, there were times where I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying this, but. Man, can we can we move along can we a little move the bit? Story along a little bit, right? Right. Friends, I didn't think that way. I, I mean, very honestly, Friends to me is one of the best best comedies of all time. I absolutely love Friends. I think it's very watchable to go back and see it again. You know, I, I I'm I, I'm that way about the first three seasons of Friends. I think the first three seasons of Friends were brilliant. I think after that, they ran out of ideas. So that that happens for a while. It actually happens for about a year year and a half and then friends picks back up to their original three. Really? Yeah. If go back and watch it and power through, because I know exactly where you're talking about. There's some stuff that slows it down a bit. Um, one of those is the whole Joey and Rachel thing that kind of slowed down for a little while. Um, but no, it, it, it actually gets very, very, very good. Uh, towards the end, I just you know, and and I've enjoyed going back and watching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to not to tail off on a friends from from Twin Peaks, okay. but uh, but yeah, no, that. Um, that go back and wa- go back and watch it. Okay. Uh, uh, g- give it give it a shot. I'll, I'll um, you have to get it on HBO Max now because that's HBO who owns Max. it. Okay, and if HBO Max wants to sponsor us, you know, um, HBO Max, <laughs> HBO Max, where you can see the Schneider cut. <laughs> Which I, which I have not watched yet. What? I haven't watched the Snyder Cut yet. Uh, watch it in two parts. It's That's four what hours. I've heard. That's it's, what I've heard. It's four hours. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, when I was uh, recommending Twin Peaks to, to Will. By the way, Will is considerably younger than us. And uh, so the, a lot of these things we recommend to him. But he is devastatingly handsome. Uh, devastatingly. Like a steak. I want to eat him. Again, with the eating. Yeah. He doesn't, man. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk, folks. No. <laughs> he likes being behind the scenes. Best producer out there. So, um, yeah. Sorry, yeah, we so, tangented. Yeah, we tangented. You know, that. I mean, that's, 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 that's what we were talking about, you know, 
way back in episode one, yes. um, you know, how, how, you know, conversations like this started at the, at the tabletop where we would just, we would start on one path and then we found ourselves, we just spider webbed out to other paths. Yes. And before we knew it, we were so far gone from the original conversation. And mm-hmm. that's the point where somebody goes, wait a minute, whose turn is it again? Yes. Are, are we, are we playing a game? What, what, what are we doing? What, 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 what do I do? Yeah. So that happened here. Yes. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so Twin Peaks. Uh, you definitely want to give it a... Yeah, uh, he's considerably younger to us, uh, Will is. So when we said Twin Peaks, he was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> no, definitely definitely not the restaurant. No, no, it is, yeah, it yeah. is definitely not the restaurant. Yeah, no, TV no. show from the 90s, and then uh, they released the sequel uh, just a few years back. Yeah, and it's... I would recommend watching at least the first season of Twin Peaks. I would say the first season and the first four or five episodes of the second season so you know how the story ends, and then you can go into the, the Into the one. showtime Yeah, one. the, the yeah. second season, it did kind of drag a little bit. And, and David Lynch and, and Mark Frost uh, talk about that. They were off doing other things, um, even though David Lynch was in it. Right. Like, he was, he was Kyle McLaughlin's boss. The FBI boss that— couldn't hear yeah, had, and had shouted hearing. at everybody. Yes. Except for one person. He wasn't deaf. He just couldn't hear well. Yes. You know, he misheard everything yes. and then screamed all of his lines. Yeah. Which is really funny since he was the director. Yes. <laughs> yes. Worth a watch. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Worth you a watch. definitely should check out the Twin Peaks and uh, apparently Friends. Yes. Yes. Past the third, fourth season, somewhere around in there. Yeah. Keep watching all the way through. Awesome. Good stuff. Excellent. Good oh, stuff. I and, love Twin Peaks. And, and I want to circle around back to Voyager. I still think it's the worst Star Trek series. Um, yeah. Maybe we should take that up at some point. Let's talk talk about Star Trek a little bit. I, I would think love we, to talk about I Star Trek a little could, bit. We could do that. That's uh that's a subject. I, I I don't want to get into that now because we you know, we would tail off into so much stuff. But oh, yeah, yeah, that's I think that's a good, good conversation yeah. for yeah, another yeah. time. Star Trek, yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, then I guess we're ready to go back to murder. Murder. So thanks, Zig, for Twin Peaks. And uh, now I'm going to go into into mine. Uh, we've, again, forgot that at the beginning of the episode we were supposed to announce who we were. It Hi. would probably be helpful. Hi, I'm Zig. I'm Nerdery. And I'm Jeffrey of Murdery. We need to put that at the front somewhere. Uh, so learning as we go along. Whoopsie. Uh, so for for my true crime this week, um, I'm covering a man who became known as H. H. Holmes. Oh, okay, yeah, you've heard yeah, of him. H. Yeah, yeah. H. Holmes. You've yes. heard of him. I've okay, heard of this one. Fantastic. Um, so I got most of my notes from uh, Wikipedia. Nice. Uh, CrimeMuseum.org. Nice. History.com. Nice. And there was a documentary I watched. I think it was on Hulu. Yes, H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes, Original Evil. So have you watched it? I believe so. Oh, so then you know the hook ago. at the end. No, I don't. Oh, okay, okay. Because I don't know how, how recent the developments were on this. So. Sometimes I will start watching stuff and go off on a tangent and go do something else. I oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So so H.H., he was uh, born Herman Webster Budget in Gilmanton, New Hampshire in uh, 1861, May, May 16th, 1861. During the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what was kind of interesting about him growing up is, is number one, his family were were devout Methodists. Okay. Uh, very devout. And in, in every article I ever read, there was nothing unusual about his childhood. A lot of times that you'll find in... Uh, in murders or serial killers, there was you know abuse, trauma, uh, killing of animals, blah yes. blah blah blah. There was something that really kind of twisted him up. And and for and for H H, there was there was nothing. He nothing seemed to have a very ordinary childhood, just regular, yeah. run of the mill, yeah, eighteen eighties or eighteen seventies, eighteen sixty one is when he was born. Yep. Uh, I mean, he graduated high school at sixteen. Okay. So you know he was obviously a good student. Um, he uh, he met a woman named Clara Loverling, Lover Ing, 
um, in a nearby town of Alton, and he was a teacher. They got married in 78. Okay. Uh, and then they had a son on February 3rd of 1880. Um you know, I found that he was in Alton, uh, an accountant and a city manager. Okay. Um, and, and I left that in because I think it's kind of interesting as he kind of progresses along his path, just different things that he does. Um, he actually left being a city manager and accountant in 82, 1882, uh, because he decided to go to the University of Michigan in the Department of Medicine and Surgery. Okay. Very interesting to turn yeah. turn your life towards that. Yeah. Um, here's where things kind of took a turn for... I was for, just about to say, I get it, you know, taking for, a turn. You know, for our HH, because it, it was here that he learned about human dissection. Okay. Yes. Uh, he actually uh, learned under the chief anatomy instructor mm-hmm. um, at the college, and he worked in the anatomy lab until he graduated in 1884. Okay. Um, so only two years that that he was in the, you know, at the University of Michigan. Um, his wife, Clara, she left him in 84. There was, uh, there was reports from housemates. So I guess they lived with people that he was very violent towards Clara and she never saw him again. Okay. Um, she take the kid. Uh, she, I don't know about that. I don't know if she took the kid or not. Uh, it just said that she left him in 84, but they didn't file for divorce. Okay. This comes into play a little while later. Um, uh, uh, Herman at that point, he moved to, to New York and it was there where there were some rumors that he was seeing a young boy. Okay. Um, you know, as you do, Uh I guess something. Um, and then the boy disappeared. Uh, Uh, yep. Well, uh, you know, maybe hiding that particular part of yourself could spur on some craziness. Could be. Maybe it's possible. possible. Um, you know, people that confronted uh, Herman, he said that the boy had just gone back to Massachusetts hmm. to his family in Massachusetts. Uh, huh. um, there was no boy, there was no body, and so no investigation could <laughs> stick. Uh, but you know, Herman felt the the uh, you know the eyes upon him, so away he fled. And this would be very common with him. He he flees the scene a lot. Right. Yes. Uh, he moved to Philadelphia from here, and he got a he got a job at the state hospital, but he didn't he didn't stay there long. Um, but he did land a job at at a drugstore. So now we've gone into pharmaceuticals. Um. Now we come to a boy again. There was a boy who mysteriously died uh, after Herman sold him uh, drugs from the store. Okay. Well, the police tried to accuse him, but he denied any wrongdoing and then flew away and away he went. And now he's gone to Chicago. Um, and now here huh. where he has changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes. And that was so to- he fled and changed his name. Yes. Yes. Nothing suspicious there. Yes. So now he now we have H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes, as, okay. as he will be uh, led to know. Uh, while in Chicago, he married a woman named Murda. Now, he never divorced Clara. Yeah. So, so, so legally he can't be married so to Murda. So legally he can't. But now so now we have bigamy. So so he's now married to Murda. He filed for divorce uh, from Clara a few weeks after marrying Murda, claiming that Clara was cheating on him. Okay. Um but the divorce never got finalized. Uh it was dismissed on June fourth, eighteen ninety one on the grounds of want of prosecution. Huh. <laughs> Huh. Right. So want of prosecution. And so now we have two wives. Okay. Two wives. Uh he and Murder. Two are, wives and possibly two boys. Well, one boy. They they had the one boy, Robert. Mm-hmm. Um now no, he's, no, no, no. I mean I mean two missing boys. Yes. Yes. One okay. that died for yes. sure, one that disappeared. Okay. Uh H H and Murda did have a daughter, uh Lucy Theodate Holmes. I thought that name was fascinating. Lucy Theodate Holmes. Um, and then suddenly we have HH in Denver, and he has married yet another woman. Another marriage. Yes, this is Georgina York. Um, he did, he, did, did he keep his name as Holmes? Uh, he did uh, apparently, uh, but I couldn't find any reason why he was in Denver. The whole Denver thing was very strange, and and I guess the articles just put it in because he married yet a third woman. So he's now married to three women. Okay, so he uh, he just ran off on his wife and. 
It, it didn't say. It didn't say Weird. because he returns to Chicago. What? He returns to Chicago. Yeah, he's he's back there in 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 1886 with with the third wife. Um, Georgina doesn't come into play much anymore. It's, so maybe she's still back in Denver. Maybe. Okay. All right. Um, I'm with you. You know, and and what it kind of does, you, you're. <laughs> You get the idea as we go along with H.H. He was a con man. He uh-huh. was a liar. Yeah. He never told the truth about anything. Right on. Um, so, so which kind of comes into play on a lot of things later on, on you know what's true and what's not. Um, back in Chicago, he, he's again working at a drugstore. Um, and he apparently did very well there, and he ended up buying the store. Okay. Um, this was uh, the drugstores at the corner, northwest corner of South Wallace Avenue and West 63rd Street in Inglewood. So those of you that are Chicago people. Know the Chicago area may know where it is. So he, he bought the store. Um, so I guess he had some money at this point because he then purchased the empty lot across the street. Okay. Um, and he wanted to turn it into a hotel. There was the uh, there was the World Expo. I I didn't write it down. Some some World Expo that was coming up, and he thought he could make a lot of money with uh, a hotel you know, with a hotel yeah. when people came in for the for the, the expo in Chicago for the for the big thing. Yeah, the big thing. Um, so the construction began in 1887. It was a two story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was to be mixed use with apartments, retail space, and and a new drugstore. So he was going to have a new drugstore in there across the street from his other drugstore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, he added a third store, third floor in 1892, and this is what he was going to use as the hotel. Okay. Um, so in this, the first floor was the storefront. Mm-hmm. The second story was elaborate torture rooms. Yes, those are going to come in now. Uh, the third floor were apartments, and the basement is where he would perform his works on bodies. Wow. People that were disappearing. Um, oh, this is a nice hotel. Oh, what's on the second floor? No, 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 you don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the hotel uh, uh, after a little bit of this. Um, he actually got investigated uh, because the suppliers of his furniture uh, said he wasn't paying them. Um and HH was actually hiding uh, materials in various rooms uh, throughout the building. Uh, and then the press caught on that he was being investigated. Uh, the third floor mysteriously caught fire after that. Ah. Um, and HH had taken out an insurance policy on the building with no less than four companies, and they all sued him. I'll bet. <laughs> um, then we have a mistress, Julia Smythe. Okay. Um, so three wives and a mistress. Yes. And two boys. Yes. And Julia and her husband, Alex, uh, were residents in the hotel. Okay. Um, uh, the husband uh, found out about the affair and bolted, left the wife and her daughter behind. Okay. And in Christmas of 1981, both Julia and the daughter Ni- disappeared. No. 1981? 1891. I'm so sorry. That's a- 1891. Okay. Don't think it was 1991. Uh, HH, uh, would later claim that Julia died during the abortion, but nobody knows what happened to him. They just disappeared. Disappeared. Yes. Probably find out where they disappeared to soon. Uh, there was another woman in May of 1892 named Emmeline Sigarand. Uh, she began working at the hotel and she began an affair with HH. Okay. So this guy was apparently a pretty good con man. Yeah. Uh, she disappears on Christmas of 1892. It's a Christmas thing. Yes. And then there was an Edna Van Hassel who also, at this, around the same time, hap- just disappeared off the face just of the earth and was a resident at the, at the hotel. Yes. So we, we have people disappearing. Um, then, for some reason, uh, HH began work at a chemical bank or at the chemical bank on Dearborn Street. And here he's going to meet Benjamin... Pitezel, P-I-T-E-Z-E-L. Wait, 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 so he has the hotel. He has the hotel. He has a drugstore, and now he's going to work at a bank. Why? I, I, you know, it's never really clear. I, it's, it's never really clear why he's holding all these jobs. He's just trying to keep his chops up. Maybe in case he's got a bolt. Maybe, uh, you know, I, I, and a lot of it is about greed. He wants to make money. Yeah, well, he's um, working at a bank. I mean, right. Ask the bank robber, why do you rob banks? Well, that's where all the money's in, where all the money's kept. Right. 
um, Patizel, Patizel, however that is, um, he's going to end up uh, becoming HH's uh, right-hand man for a lot of the criminal schemes and insurance frauds and that he does and things like this. So he kind of he he's kind of off to the side and being the 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 side henchman. Um, then I found this interesting here. So now we have Minnie Williams. Uh, she 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 got a job with with HH as a stenographer, mm-hmm. and he convinced her to sign over her property in Fort Worth, Texas. All yes. right. Hometown girl. Yes. Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, in Chicago, they rented an apartment as man and wife. So now we're wife number four, it sounds like. But, but, so so he's got two wives in Chicago already. Uh, yes. Okay. It appears so. Yeah. It appears or, or so. Or one in Chicago and then one in Denver. Right. Okay. Because right. Georgina doesn't really come much into play again. Okay. Uh, so this was Minnie Williams, and uh, she wrote a letter um, to her sister Nanny mm-hmm. um, to to come and stay with them because uh, they were going to take. They HH has told uh, Minnie that they were going to go to Europe. Uh-huh. Um, so Minnie invited her sister Nanny, and neither one was ever seen again. Both the, the both disappeared. The wife and the sister both disappeared. Oh. Uh, in I Jul- don't like where this is going. I know, I know, right? I mean, I mean, these these are homegirls. Huh? I'm not happy about this. I know. Uh, well, in July 18, 1884, he left Chicago, went to Fort Worth. Okay. Um, here he was going to try to put up another hotel, just like in Chicago. Okay. Um, but he was arrested. Uh, he conned several suppliers, and he was arrested for selling goods he did not own. So he's now 1890s. in jail. This is eighteen eighty four. Okay, so that's that's the time of uh it might be eighteen ninety four. I might have written my date down wrong wrong down here. It's so um long haired Jim. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. long haired Jim probably yeah. got him. Yeah. Kind of a noted sheriff of uh Fort Worth, Texas back then. He mm-hmm. he caught a lot of folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if HH was one of those. So while he was here in jail, now he meets, uh, he, he gets a new friend, Marion Hedgepeth. And he and Hedgepeth decide they're going to start conning people out of insurance money. Okay. Um, they decide they're going to con an insurance company out of $10,000. Forgot to look up what that is in today's. Um, so what they were going to do is It's a they, lot. <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. Uh, they decide they're going to take out an insurance policy on HH's death and then, or on HH's life, and then they were going to fake his death. Okay. Um, they even so they need a body. They needed a body. Um, they HH promised Hedgepeth five hundred dollars okay. if he could find him a lawyer who they could trust because they okay. needed a lawyer for this scam. Of course. Uh, and they got Jephtha Howe, who was a lawyer in St. Louis, and he thought the plan was inspired. Nice. Yes. What you know. a great idea. So, but it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna come to anything because the insurance companies became suspicious and they wouldn't pay out. Right on. So this plan now failed. So now HH goes back to his friend Benjamin Pietzel, Petizel, however that is, uh, and they're gonna try this plan again, only with Petizel's death and not Holmes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Patizel would be killed in a laboratory accident. However, HH used chloroform to knock him out and set him on fire. Oh. And Holmes collected the insurance money. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to fake your death, but I need you to, I need you to be here. Yeah. And we're going to do this right. Here, just smell this rag. Yeah. Smell this rag for a second. Smell this. Smell smell this. this. It's okay. Just smell it. It's good. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Right. And then set him on fire. (laughs) And set him on fire. Yes. Wow. So, so then HH goes to Petizel's widow, uh-huh. and somehow cons her into allowing into into giving him custody of her two children. I, I know this gets what? so confusing. Right? No, no. I I know. I I mean this this has to be the greatest con man ever because he he you know. <laughs> That was another thing I couldn't really find. How did exactly did he do this? But he convinced him, convinced her to give the custody of her two children. These were uh, Alice and Nellie. Huh. Right. Huh. So what he told, and I guess I, I guess maybe it's because what he told Patizel's widow. He told her 
that Patizel was alive and in London, and mm-hmm. she needed to go ahead and start traveling. So maybe he told her, I'll take care of the kids go see him. while you go to London. Because the husband probably told the wife, hey, we got this scheme. We're gonna I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they told the scheme or not. Yeah. So, so I guess that's how she got the children. Um, uh, so H.H. traveled around the country and into Canada with them. Um, but then he forced the kids into a trunk and locked them in and then drilled a hole that he put a hose in and gassed him to death. Wow. Right. Yeah. Uh, he buried their nude bodies in the cellar of his house he was renting in Toronto. Huh. Yeah. Well, now we've got Frank Geyer who steps in this picture, and he's a detective from Philadelphia. I believe he was a Pinkerton. Frank Geyer. Yes, Pinkerton. because the Pinkertons are eventually going to come into play here. Um Frank Geyer was on HH's trail and apparently had been for a while. For a while. Well, if he, yeah, if he's from Philadelphia. He may have been on his trail for a long time. May have been. Yeah. Um, he followed him from Philly to Indianapolis, uh, where HH had a, had a small college, uh, cottage that he had, written, uh, uh, had rented. Um, and then he also bought the same drugs in Indianapolis that he used to chloroform Petizel. Okay. So he was putting all these things together. Right uh, he'd also followed him to a repair shop where his knives had been sharpened. Mm. Um, it was actually here in, uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, Holmes murdered another child. They actually found the bones and the teeth in the chimney of the, of the cottage. Good board. So yeah, we we've got we've got some murderers of children. Uh, H.H. then fled to Boston, but he couldn't escape, and he was arrested on November seventeenth, eighteen ninety four, in Boston by the Pinkertons. Uh, they got him on horse theft, okay. which was a very small crime, mm-hmm. but allowed him to hold him. Yeah, because they knew if they let him go, he's just he's going to he, go. Yeah, ghost he's going to be gone. Yeah, he's going to absolutely go ghost. Uh, Frank Geyer uh, discovered the girls' bodies that he had buried under the house. Um, in Toronto. Which, in Toronto. And because they found that, they now had full authority to investigate his sh- his hotel in Chicago. Where they found the floor. Yes. Uh, it had become known as the castle and would later become known as the murder castle. So... Uh, H.H. was on trial by October in 1894, and he was sentenced to death mm-hmm. uh, for Petzl's murder. They were able to get him on that, uh, as well as the children. And this is where he kind of started confessing a whole lot of stuff that people aren't sure what's true and what's, what's true, not. What's true and what's not, yeah. Uh, he confessed to, to killing 27 people total mm-hmm. in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto. However, some of the people he claimed to murder were still were still alive. We're still alive. Yeah, yes. still kicking. So, so, so they're like, yeah, uh, this, yeah this no, you, no, you yeah, didn't. This guy couldn't tell the truth to save his own life. Yes. Literally could not tell the, his, the truth yes. to save his own life. Uh, they did figure out that all of his uh, employees, hotel guests, fiancés, and wives were all required to have life insurance policies where he was listed as the beneficiary. Well, that yes. was a requirement. Wow. So that's where he got all the money. Uh-huh. Uh, the Hearst newspaper uh, that paid Holmes seventy five hundred dollars for his confession. Um, at which point he began. I'm sorry, to tell- you said the Hearst newspaper. Mm-hmm. You mean the Kane newspaper? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, yes. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, this is where he really kind of began to just go out on a limb and tell so many things. One of the things I noted is sometimes he claimed innocence while others he claimed to be working for the devil himself. Uh, He even wrote that his facial features had now changed and he would now resemble the devil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, On 17 May 1896, he was hung. Uh, He was 35 years old. Wow. That's a lot of living in 35 years. That's a lot of killing in 35 years. Uh Uh-huh. Um, his neck didn't snap, and so he ended up strangling to death, taking about 15 to 20 long minutes to die. Ouch. Yes. That sounds awful. And his friend Hedgepeth was shot dead on New Year's Eve in 1909. Uh, in 2017, uh, I, I mean, the, the stories of HH have just gone and gone and gone. And in 2017, there were so many rumors that it that Holmes didn't actually get executed; that they exhumed his body. And oh wow, yeah, and it was his body. It was him. Yes, yes. 
uh, the the castle or the murder hotel. Um, so to go back to that, because this is a lot of where people disappeared and how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, during the building, he had he hired and he fired many architects and many construction people, uh-huh. and then he would fire them uh, yeah. so that he was the only one who really knew the plans yeah. of of the castle. It changed the plans so that, yes. Yeah. Uh, the hallways were all a maze. Uh-huh. Um, there were 51 doorways that opened into nothing but walls. Okay. Uh, there were 100 rooms without windows and stairs that went nowhere. Like the Winchester house. Like the Winchester house, yes. Uh, there were soundproof rooms that would lock from the inside. Uh, they had gas pipes that were controlled by a panel in his closet. Mm. Uh, the closets had peepholes and secret panels that led to secret passageways. Uh, trap doors and floors and ceilings uh, that opened up to grease chutes that funneled victims down to the basement, again, where he was doing the torturing of, of the bodies and the mutilation down there. Um, when Holmes was arrested, they found a, a human-sized oven that could heat up to 3,000 degrees. Oh, wow. That's and that's, yeah, he would turn his victims to untraceable ashes at mm-hmm. that point. I mean, they were, they were gone. Uh, many of the guests of the hotel disappeared forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Holmes was turning around. He was selling bones to medical schools. Oh yeah. So so he so so there's you know there's a theory that he was basically hiding his murders in plain sight. He'd kill mm-hmm. them and sell his, sell the bones to medical schools. Sell the bones to medical schools and probably take anything that they had left over. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was he was making money two or three different ways there. Yeah, I, I mean the they don't know the exact number of his victims. They you know they they were gassed and beaten, uh, tortured. Uh, most bodies were never found. Mm-hmm. Um, you know most were probably sent down the chutes into the basement to be incinerated. Uh, they would be disposed. There were acid baths. Uh, some were skinned and kept for observa- observation, while others were reduced to bone and sold. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the caretaker of the castle actually committed suicide with strychnine. He said he was haunted by nightmares and couldn't sleep. I'll bet. And in 1895, the castle was almost destroyed by a fire. But today, it, the building is new and is a post office. <laughs> which I thought was funny. So here's where the recent turn is that that I thought was absolutely fascinating. Wait, more recent than exhuming the body just to make sure? Yes. There's a new theory. So there's a guy named Jeff Mudgett. He's a direct descendant of Holmes. Says he has two of H.H.'s diaries. Um, and he believes that H.H. may have been Jack the Ripper. Because he spent time in London. Yes. Um, so one of the entries in the diary claimed he claimed that H.H. knew who, the, who Jack the Ripper was. There were 11. No- Are you familiar with Jack the Ripper? So there were 11 murders that happened between April... 1888 and February 1891 in Whitechapel, England. Whitechapel. Um, so here's the case for HHB and Jack the Ripper. Um, Just FYI, as an aside, Whitechapel is where uh, Big Ben and Parliament are. Right yeah. there in the middle yeah. of the town. Yep, yep. Um, so Jack the Ripper wouldn't lunge at his victims. First, he would choke them and lay them down before if his if, if evisceration. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, H.H. was also very methodical and was a trained medical, uh, a trained medic, uh, adept at removing organs, very much like uh, like Jack the Ripper. Uh, you know, a lot of people believe that Jack the Ripper had medical training. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of H.H.'s victims were women, just like Jack the Ripper. Uh, the last official victim of Jack the Ripper was killed in her own bed versus the sheets versus the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wasn't simply cut open. She was utterly obliterated by the blade. Um, and this was a big escalation from the previous killings, thinking that maybe the style has had now evolved. Yeah. Um, so that's where they're kind of thinking maybe, you know, this was HH learning and evolving and whatnot. Yeah. Before going back to Chicago to mm-hmm. open a murder hotel. I thought that this was interesting uh, that – uh, apparently, H.H. always left a trail of business documents, which allowed for people to chart his movements later on, and mm-hmm. he was very meticulous about it. However, between 1888 and 1889, the paper trail went quiet. Huh. Um, and this coincides with the Jack the Ripper killings in London. Wow. And then there was a uh, there was a ship log 
that had an individual named H. Holmes that was a passenger that sailed to the UK from the UK to the US shortly after the Jack the Ripper's killing stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a letter that was sent to the media in London called Dear Boss. This is a, a very famous one that they think uh, were sent by Jack the Ripper. Um, uh, HH's descendant, Mudgett, he had an expert analyze the letter, and there were actually quirks in it that suggest an American wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, uh, Mudgett had a forensic sketch. Uh, create a portrait of Jack the Ripper. They had, uh, 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 you know, several witnesses who had seen uh, Jack the Ripper with men shortly before they died, uh, and the result was a portrait similar to H.H. H. H. Holmes. Holmes. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Mudgett, uh, who is apparently an attorney, firmly believes that that sketch alone would merit arrest warrant if the case were active today. Huh. So that's the case for case against uh, the Dear Boss letter. Uh, you know, many experts say it was written by someone from the States, but most uh, Jack the Ripper experts believe the letter to be a hoax by, okay. by a hype-hungry journalist. Right on. Um, so they lived on different continents, and there's no real evidence that H.H. traveled to Britain. Uh, the, name's Hol- the name Holmes isn't rare, so on that ship manifest could just be a coincidence. It's a very common Scottish name. Maybe. Yeah, I Could think be. So. Yeah. Um, H.H. was driven for by the greed for money. He was greedy. He wanted money. Um, their, Jack their, the Ripper was a little for money. Jack the Ripper was for lust's sake. Yeah. It, was kill, it was killing for killing's sake. He killed yeah. poor, helpless, uh, uh, homeless women on the East End, sect workers. Uh, there really wasn't greed except for the greed for death. Yeah. H.H. Uh, was, he was a con man and he wanted to kill, but he wasn't irrational. No. Um, this is something I didn't know. Jack the Ripper was actually not as precise with his murders as commonly believed. They said, some say it was no more precise than a butcher. Yeah. I'd never heard that. Yeah, I, I have heard that. That, that uh, wasn't until the end where he was really good. Like the first murder was just. It, Granted, you know, you, you struck it up to nerves, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. the first murder was it just rough. Yeah. Um, the last the last thing against it is Jack the Ripper stalked the streets looking for victims while H.H. lured his victims to him and took his time with them. Yep. So two different things, but that's the, the most current update on H.H. Holmes. Wow. And so you choose to believe whichever side you want at that point. The the documentary I saw at the end of it, it pretty much said, yeah, he's not Jack the Ripper, yeah. pretty much. But I found it fascinating, the, the coincidences with it. Ripper, yeah, yeah, that it could be Jack the Ripper. Um, you know, I'm really surprised that with um, DNA evidence and whatnot that we that, – that I, I don't know if anybody's gone back to do DNA on Jack the Ripper yet. Um, you know, we're starting I thought they to were, see. They were doing that. They were checking the the dear boss letter, the, the saliva on it, and they were they were going to link it to uh, an English aristocrat. I've I've heard that before. I just I'm just surprised that we don't have anything yet. I mean, there the DNA DNA technology is is growing. They by could leaps pull and DNA bounds. out of a Neanderthal. Right. There haven't been a, one of those around for thirty thousand years. Right. Tell I, me you can't pull something off of a, an envelope from well years and, ago. And I had actually heard the other day that um, with DNA uh, evidence is sophisticated, or with our with our technology as sophisticated as with DNA evidence now that we are probably seeing the end of the serial killer time mm-hmm. uh, because it's going to be almost impossible. They're catching you can't people. Get away with you can't, just can't get away yeah. with murder. Um, you know, it's too quick. Yay and, us. Yes. Yay, <laughs> yay us. Yay us. So that's the story of H.H. H. Holmes. That was, uh, that was, that was entertaining. Good. And just a little disturbing. Just a little disturbing. Not quite as disturbing as the last one. Oh my so, God. so, so yeah. Yeah. Sorry H. about H. that. Holmes. Sorry about that, but yeah. Okay. So, so that's uh, that's H. H. Holmes, um, and uh, uh, again, uh, 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 love doing it. This has been fun. This is a lot of fun. This has fun. been fun. Um, so, you know, more fun than a ba- barrel full of live weasels. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a Think lot of fun. Think about that for a second. That is a lot of fun. Live Think weasels in a barrel. Lots of fun. Yeah. You ever yeah. had a ferret? Ferrets are great. Yeah. Well, that takes us that takes us to the end and uh
Again, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Nerd and Murd, uh, Ner- the Nerdery and Murdery podcast. Uh, you can find us on our website, nerdryandmurdery.com. Uh, if you wish to contact the show, you can send an email to email at nerdryandmurdery.com. If you wish to email Zig directly and Hi there. talk to him about anything nerdery, uh, he do. is at zig and nerdryandmurdery.com. Uh, if you want to talk to me about true crime, you can email me at jeffrey at nerdryandmurdery.com. And as usual, if you want to send something to Will and ask why he continues to uh, do this for us and put up with this, you can find him at will at nerdrymurdery.com. Coming soon, we'll have uh, Instagram and Twitter. Send Will your condolences. Send Will your condolences because I think he's going to need it. Uh, He's got to do all the editing for this. So, you know, good luck to him. Um, And so, yeah, with that. uh, So I'm Zig with your nerdery. And I'm Jeffrey with your murdery. And uh, we're both nerderyandmurdery.com. No, that's not even right. Wow, I messed this one up again. <laughs> wow. Let's, let's take two and three and four and five. We're take Nerdery three. and Murdery, uh, the podcast. And we'll see you next time. Cue the music. <laughs>